Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good Friday morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We've got a beautiful weekend weather-wise coming up. You know, a little it's February, but it's Florida, so you've got to go out and take advantage of it. And one person that's going to help us do that is Mr. Robert Bowden, of, formerly of Luke Gardens. Uh, in terms of executive director, but he is, uh, I guess, a professor now doing some classes at Lou Gardens and at Valencia. Good morning. How are you? Uh-oh. Oh, no. He, it, I know he's coming. He was out doing, taking care of some business and everything, but um, I know he's coming soon, so um, we'll just kind of wait around for him. But in the meantime... What are you doing with your weekend? Are there any events going on? I can't keep up with everything. I can't keep up hardly with myself. So if you know of anything that's going on that you want to share with the audience, the number is 516-387-1944. That is 516-387-1944. Let us know. What about do you garden? Do you have any tips that work for you? I know I'm going to be out trying to with my yard in the shape. Spring is coming, and I really want to enjoy it. I want to do all of the work ahead of time. So uh, I'm going to try to work on that this weekend uh, with my husband and um, hopefully get our house to not look so much like the haunted house on the hill. So I'm, I'm going to work on that. And so if you have any tips, got any tips or any questions when Robert comes on, uh, the number is 516-387-1944. We're going to take a quick break. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had a Sunday Entertainment, and we will be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Mr. Bowden, are you there? I am. Hey there, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, good. Glad to have you back with us. I was in Target when you called me. 
Uh, yeah, I was on the road myself and actually just pulling up in my driveway. So, you know, it's, it's, it's Florida, and when the weather's nice, you can't help but just try to get out and, and do what you, you know, run the errands, but just kind of enjoy it while you're out. So, it's such a beautiful day today. It really is. It really is. So, I know I'm going to have to spend part of it inside, but, you know, I've, I've been out doing a little running and, and just uh, absorbing some of the, the sunshine and the nice, you know, just a slight breeze, but it makes it really nice. And it's not a balmy breeze. It's, it's just a really nice breeze. So. On, um, on Valentine's Day, I had my first granddaughter born. <gasps> Congratulations. Yeah. What is Thank her you. name? So we were... Um, Mackenzie Louise Malmberg. All right, Mackenzie, welcome. Mackenzie, yeah. And uh, Louise was my mom's name. Oh, wow. Oh, that is so special. That's really sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, you're you're definitely in granddad mode right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm running from store to store, finding the things that they need. Aha. Okay. All right. So, so how does it feel? Uh, oh, that's a that brings me to, uh, to an interesting question. Is there any way to know early on whether that young uh, girl or boy, is, you know, that is going to have that green thumb or you know, nope. or take an interest nope. in gardening? <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> uh, and even after any... they're born, and, uh-huh. after they're born, and hard as you try. Um, uh-huh. When uh, when my first was born, I bought a very expensive set of four uh, small uh, shovels, rakes, uh, that sort of thing from Sheffield, from England, because I knew that all of my children were going to be incredible gardeners, right? Uh, they all have black thumbs. <laughs> yeah, I I I got you. <laughs> I got you. You know, not what you yeah. thought was going to happen. You know, didn't rub off, huh? They they never use those tools. I still have them in my garden. Shed, oh wow! But they've never been used. Oh, well. But 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 are they are do they eat vegetables? Do you have? I mean, are they? Oh, yeah. Do they? Oh yeah, they. You eat, know, because you know how that, well. I mean. You know how young kids are, and and that was one of the things my mom made me eat a lot of vegetables. So I I do like most vegetables. So they they and, love to eat dad's vegetables. Aha, gotcha. Yeah. So I'll have, <laughs> for instance, I'll have a a twenty foot fence, twenty foot long fence with snow peas on it. Right. I have never had a snow pea make it into the house. They come over like locusts and just <laughs> strip those plants. And then, of course, while they're there, they're going to pick up a few tomatoes and they're going to pick up some turnips. And, oh, look at the beans are ready. You know, it's just one thing after another. But that's okay. You know, that's what I, I just make sure I grow enough for everybody. You talked about the snow peas. Do they eat them raw? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. They're okay. really, really sweet when they're raw. Yep. Oh, wow. But I've never had one make it into the house. My son will call me <laughs> and say, so, Dad, are those uh, snow peas ready? 
And I said, you know, uh, Brendan, I uh, I didn't grow snow peas this year. And then there was silence. He said, so what are they going to be ready, Dad? I said, they're ready now. Just come get them. You know, I, I, I tried to pretend that I didn't have them, but he knows, somehow he knows that I've got basket loads full of stuff, so... Wow. Incredible. That's okay. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have to do some sort of bargaining. They, you know, they're going to have to come up with something to exchange with. <laughs> well, they do. They do. That's oh, the great okay. news. My, uh, my oldest son is a computer engineer, so that comes in really handy. And my daughter, uh, number two, she um, works at a spay-and-save uh, which is a not-for-profit that takes dogs and cats and spays or neuters them for, and gives all their shots for, I think, $70, something like that. So, you know, she's always uh, giving us the latest information on on uh, cats and cats' medicine. And then number three um, works with Spectrum. So my... Uh, my, my uh, internet always works. And uh, number four works at um, the uh, trauma unit down at uh, Arnold Palmer Hospital. So each one of them went their different ways, but each one offers different things if I need them. Well, you you were blessed. You lucked out. So good. <laughs> I did. I give all credit to my wife. I had nothing, well, except for the first little part, I had nothing to do with it. So let me ask you, um, with regards to the weather we were talking about, I was listening on um, one of the uh, national, uh, I guess you could say news or, or entertainment shows or whatever this morning, about some areas of the country where they're kind of experiencing an early spring already, and in some in some cases, like, they're seeing strawberries early and some other items. Um, it, it, are we looking for the same thing here in Florida, in Central Florida? You know, it's funny you say that because I'm right on my desk in front of me as I'm talking to you is the 2023 Farmer's Almanac. And you can pick it up just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, they talk about the weather uh, for uh, southeast United States, and they did say they anticipate the summer and the spring and summer to be uh, a little warmer than it has been in the past. So, you know, you're oh, dead wow. on there. Yeah, you're dead yeah. on. You, you're doing real well. So the the yeah. strawberry it's festival and all of that type of stuff, we should we should expect some really ripe strawberries, you know, coming early and stuff, right? I would, yeah, I would think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like being out in the strawberry field, is there? I mean, just, it's like heaven on earth, you know, the beautiful smell, the fragrance of fresh strawberries and being out in the sun uh, on the Florida Peninsula on a, on a, what normally would be a winter February, I mean, I I can't believe that life can get any better than that. That's not bad, you know. We're we're so 
thankful um, to live where we do and raise our children where we did because what a wonderful place Central Florida is. It's not the metropolitan area, which is good, but uh, it, it I think it gives uh, the kids and the families roots in a nice place to live. And uh, just as an example, I mean, this is the 18th of February, and we're going to have 88 degrees tomorrow. I I can live with that, you know. Yeah, well, buckle up for next week. I heard there might be some 90s. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Cabbage, let me tell you, um, cabbages, broccoli, uh, any of those um, brassicas that are in the garden, they really don't like 88, 90-degree weather. So just have have your listeners just be aware of that. And if they start looking a little weird, uh, there's really not much you can do about it. You just have to hang on tight. Um, I'm going to probably make a couple pots of cabbage rolls today because a lot of my cabbages are ready. Now, you got to share that recipe. How do you do that? What do you do? What do you put in them? Your cabbage rolls. With my cabbage rolls. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a little of that and a little of this. Ah. I, I take uh, about um, <clears throat> this is for uh, one head, maybe one and a half heads of cabbage, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll I'll take uh, dry rice, probably a cup and a half, and uh, two pounds of ground ground meat some sort and then i mm-hmm. put a lot of i put a lot of um uh coriander and um ah. what's the yeah um that's real good and we put some onion salt and some garlic salt and we saute some fresh garlic and on, onions medallia onions and you saute all that um and then you put in uh, a can of pureed tomatoes, and then really? uh, I put in a can a can of di- a small can of diced tomatoes, and then I mix it all up. And nothing's cooked. Uh, the only thing that's cooked so far is the, are the onions and the meat. And you put it on, mm-hmm. the and you roll it up, and you put them in the pot. And you know this pot gets fuller. And I put. Um, uh, sauerkraut in the bottom of the pot that has lots of caraway seeds in it. Put that in mm-hmm. the bottom of the pot, and then, the, and then the rolls, the cabbage rolls, go on top of that. And as you know, as it comes up, once I'm all the way to the top, then I'll take a big can of uh, tomato juice and pour that up to the top. You know, so it's maybe an inch or so from the top of the pot. I put a top on it. I put it in the back of the stove and let it cook all day. And come dinner time, it's ready to go. You know, I'm going to have to listen to the show again because <laughs> I got to. I got to get that. I've got to go get a cabbage, and I've got to go do that. But tell me something: why the difference in um, doing this? Uh, you said stewed tomatoes, and I mean, excuse me, create tomatoes, and then diced tomatoes. Yes. Why the difference? Yes. Well, the diced tomatoes gives you the tomatoes that uh, are attractive. Uh, gives gives the uh, um, cabbage rolls some color, and um, the the puree um, it just has a finer 
uh, flavor that isn't as acidic with tomato sauce or tomato paste. It's just uh, it's like onions versus shallots. They're very similar, but uh-huh. if, you're, if you're looking for a, a more refined um, recipe, then I, I'll go with shallots. But nothing wrong with good old-fashioned Vidalia onions either. I love Vidalias. But, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, it depends on what kind of flavor you're looking for. So definitely yeah. got to go. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that 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 is a plan. That is a plan. Um, and uh, just kind of maybe try some different things with it. Um, I had, let's I, before. Well, no, I'm not going to take a break right now. I want to ask you something. Uh, for some of us, uh, our diets are going to become a little restrictive um, between uh, next week and Easter. Uh, you know, with Lent coming up, and so there are there's a desire for a lot of dishes without meat. So what do you have, what can you suggest that um, you can, I guess, do multiple things with in terms of vegetables during this time? I think um, there are a lot of recipes out there. And I used to teach a cooking class at Lou Gardens, but um, they they don't teach cooking classes there anymore because the company that does... The Christmas lights and the spring lights or spring mm-hmm. activities use that space to make cocoa, so we can't teach in there anymore. But oh, we used to teach a class called Breakfast with Vegetables, and um, we yeah, it was really good. We used to take, uh, um, is it Ezekiel bread? It's the I've it's heard the of bread. that. Yeah, that they actually it's hard they to actually find. sprout. They sprout the grain before uh, they put it into the bread, and then uh, you just you get mushrooms and squash and bell peppers, and um, you just very quickly um, saute that, and then uh, that's it makes a good grab and go for breakfast. Um, the I think wow. the 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 really really nice. Um, soup that I make is um, mm-hmm. it's a it's a Tuscan bean soup, and Ooh. everything that goes into that bean soup is fresh from the garden. And when we have that class, we'll have the limit is twelve, and it's a little expensive, but everybody oohs and ahs about how wonderful the soup is. And uh, Gretchen, I have to tell you. It's not me, and it's not the recipe. It's the fresh, mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah. Um, we'll, use, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll chop up a Vidalia onion, and we'll chop up uh, a head or a bulb, if you will, of um, uh, fennel, and mm-hmm. then we'll have we'll have which gives a nice, an interesting sort of licorice flavor, but that, it doesn't taste like licorice when you put it in a in a soup. And then I'll have dry cannonelli beans that I grew the year before. And then I'll include um, fresh onions, fresh, I don't, the one thing that isn't fresh is garlic, because garlic doesn't do well here. But um, mm. uh, the beans and uh, 
Now, we usually make it with Italian sausage, but if you want to leave it meatless, you can certainly do that and just leave the meat out altogether. And then um, you put in some fresh tomatoes, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else in there. But um, you can have it one of two ways. You can, when you heat everything through and everything's cooked, you can eat it then. And it tastes very, very bright, very flavorful, very uh, sprite, if you will, okay? Now, okay. If, you, if you put it in a refrigerator for a day or two and then take it out and then heat that, the soup is totally different. It has a very deep, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a, a, a much more uh, fulfilling um, savory flavor to it than it does when it's fresh. It's like gazpacho versus uh, vegetable soup, you know? And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, and that soup is wonderful. Um, and everybody's, like I said, everybody goes crazy over it. It's because it's all fresh. Everything in that soup is fresh. And so I'm, what I hope when I had these classes, that it would inspire people um, to recognize the difference between those uh, vegetables that you buy at the store versus those vegetables that you that you grow yourself. You know the the fact that just a common green bean, for instance, when you pick a green bean, it immediately starts to lose its nutritional value in five days. After you pick a green bean, it has lost 50% of its nutritive value. 50%. Really? So, you know, one of the reasons we grow vegetables is taste, and it's because they cost less. Mm-hmm. Um, but more, but more importantly, um, you you preserve the the um, the nutrition there. So, you know. My mother always used to tell me, she said, when you pick corn, there should be water boiling on the stove. That's how fresh uh-huh. it needs to be. Put them right in. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And she was the same way with all the fresh vegetables. She never cooked them to death. She cooked them, and then uh, just right on the edge, when the beans start to change a little bit of color, they're still just a touch, touch uh, crunchy, that's when she served them with uh uh, toasted slivered almonds, you know. Uh, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, um, it is so good, but so simple. So you know, we grow our food for taste and to save money and for flavor. But one of the biggest reasons I grow my own food is for the diversity. You know, if I go to the grocery store and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm having uh, a party and I want a raw vegetable plate." And I'd like some green, purple, and yellow cauliflower to go with my white cauliflower. Where, where exactly would I find that in the store? Mm-hmm. And, of That's course, true. the guy in the produce said, mm, we don't carry yellow cauliflower or purple cauliflower or green. So you, know, you go through those seed catalogs and you look at the stuff that, that you would want to grow, and it's in Central Florida – as you and I have said many, many times before, it is so easy. You know, once you learn the basics, it's like walking. You can, anybody can do it. Yeah. 
and I, I'm getting ready. I'm making a change to, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I give myself basically for continuing to try. I'm not doing the best in terms of a regular garden, but I'm, I'm still trying. But um, I think I'm getting ready to try the vertical uh, planter thing to see what uh-huh. happens with that. Yeah. So we'll, well, we'll see what happens. I, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. I have always said that a small, well-maintained garden is better than a large, unkept one. Right. Yeah, you know, my garden is 40 feet by 40 feet. That's a big mm-hmm. garden for one person. Yeah. I spend about, a, I spend about a, uh, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes a day out there just checking on things and talking to my fennel and and uh, checking out my cabbages. And um, it's just a it, – it's I like it – I think mm-hmm. I mentioned it in my book, but I like it because you're out there first thing in the morning when it's cool mm-hmm. and you know, you're you're cultivating the soil or you're 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 planting transplants from um from the store or from, uh, from the greenhouse in my case. And then you hear the neighborhood start to wake up. You right. Cars car doors slam and people start in their car going to work. You know, mm-hmm. some you'll you'll hear um, dogs barking. You'll hear the birds start to sing, and it starts getting a little warmer. That is, that's a an absolutely gorgeous time of the day, and you're out there nearly every day uh, just checking on things in the garden. So um, there is a uh, it's super easy. You can buy these concrete blocks that have little slits in them, mm-hmm. and you simply slide a board down there, and there's four blocks. You slide a board in, and so now you have a garden that is four by four feet and with boards that are six inches tall, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then you fill that up with potting soil, and uh, immediately you've got uh, an herb garden. All you need to do is sow the seeds or go to the store and buy the herbs. My mm-hmm. I had a, uh, an, a garden, and there was a tree that was close by, and all the roots started going into the vegetable garden because that's where all the ah, water and the piston was. And right. I couldn't rototill it. I couldn't rototill it because there were so many small roots in there. So oh, wow. my wife said, why, why don't you make a raised bed garden for your herbs? I said, I don't, I don't really like raised beds you know i like putting my feet my feet in the soil and and mm-hmm. you know uh hear that that scratching of the dirt you know so i i said okay so i went down to the store and i bought the wood and i bought the blocks and i bought the uh peat moss and stuff to put this potting soil put it in there gretchen it is the best herb garden i've ever had and it took me wow. 15 minutes 15 minutes to build. That's how easy it is. And as long as you have water nearby mm-hmm. and you have full sun, it's virtually trouble-free. You don't have to spend a lot of time out there. But there's nothing like cutting off fresh chives uh, to put on a baked potato, you know, right out of your garden or 
or take you know harvesting leaves off the basil and putting that on a, on a fresh pizza, or mm-hmm. um, you know when you make a stew when it's cold you can take those um, um, well, I don't know what you call them the, they're like Greek leaves you know you just halt you just pick off the bush you throw that in the stew um, it's all right there and it's not that hard to do as long as you have water and full sun. Okay. Oh, that sounds pretty good. So so we are going to take a, a quick break, but when we come back, I want to ask you, you mentioned fennel, and I, I have some questions about fennel when I come back. So, And if you okay. have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. Here with Robert Bowden. It's Friday in the Garden on G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720, Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Here with Robert Bowden, and it's Friday in the Garden. If you have questions, 516-387-1944 is the number. Okay. So I hear about fennel, Robert. Uh, I even bought, like, in the spice rack, I I said, okay, I'm going to get some fennel, and I'm going to find some recipes because I wanted to start, you know, taking some time to do a little more baking. I don't know when, but I'm going to work on it. But in the meantime, Tell me a little bit more about fennel because you mentioned it in one of the recipes, and and tell me what type of what is it good for? Tell me about the flavor. I understand it's akin to maybe like licorice. Is that correct? That's correct. There are okay. um, basically two types of fennel. Uh, you can buy fennel as an ornamental plant. Uh, it comes in green foliage or bronze foliage, and uh, the foliage looks exactly like dill. So if you know what a dill plant looks like, fennel looks exactly the same. Now, the ornamental fennel only gets to be about 18 inches tall after after a full year of growth. Now, the other fennel, which is the edible fennel, um, it grows probably two to two and a half feet tall, so it, it will actually get up waist high after a while. Uh, and right above the ground, it um, all the leaves um, come from this one central white ball, if you will. And 
uh, it's about the size of a softball, and all the leaves come from that. And so uh, when you harvest, you har- you cut it off, you know, at the ground level, and then you peel some of the uh, outer leaves off because they're going to be a little tough. And then you're left what kind of looks like an onion, a big Vidalia onion, but uh, it has a very distinctive flavor of licorice. And a lot of people don't like licorice, and I understand that. But this is a – it's very, very crunchy. It's bright polar white, and uh, it sautés as well as um, Vidalia onions do. And I, I put it in my Tuscan bean soup, but I have to tell you, I really don't taste an overwhelming fennel flavor in that. I think it, it hides itself underneath the garlic and and the onions and some of the other things that are in there. But uh, the other great thing about fennel is that it attracts uh, a black swallowtail butterfly. That's its sole food source, fennel and dill. So you know, you're going to be growing fennel out in the garden and you know, as you're watering your plants by hand like you should, you couldn't you can't help but notice that there's little pieces of bird poop all over those really finely divided leaves. And, you know, well that's odd. What who would do that? Well it turns out Gretz, they are not that is not bird poop. That is actually a caterpillar from this black swallowtail. And they ah. use this camouflage to uh, hide from the predators, like lizards and birds. I mean, do you know of, of another bird or a lizard that's going to eat bird poop? No. They're going to eat bugs and seeds. So, you know, this, this guy can get three-quarters of an inch long before it, it changes into this huge green caterpillar with big eyes on top of its head and everything. Uh, and that's to scare the predators away too. But it's the sole food source for that butterfly's caterpillars. Uh, and if you're afraid that it's going to eat all your food, it's not. So you don't have to worry about it. And most people just use the bulb of fennel. They don't use the stems and the green leaves anyway. So they can really, mm-hmm. quite honestly, they can eat as much as they want, and it's not going to affect you at all. But it does. It has a very refined, subtle licorice flavor to it. And provided that when you sow the seed, and I usually sow the seed in individual uh, small pots, you know, two or three-inch pots, and then if I get more than one seed, it's really important that you only have one plant Per pot, people okay. say, "Oh, if I have if I have two or three plants in that pot, I'll get two or three bulbs, and that'll be all the better." Well, it won't produce any bulbs. It's got to have one bulb per container, and then oh, you put it out okay. in the garden, and it's one bulb every twelve inches or so, and you can tell right away as you walk through the gardens if you haven't taken the time to uh, thin them you can see which ones are going to produce and which ones aren't. But the foliage is absolutely beautiful. We use it in mixed containers of bedding plants and perennials 
because the foliage is so pretty and nobody, no one knows what it is. So here you put this beautiful, frilly, um, highly, it's, it's, um, it's really, really fine. It's hard to describe. Uh, in the middle, and then you put herbs or bedding plants around it, and then you, uh, then you put plants that are going to flow over the edge like thyme, the herb thyme, and so you can, that, those will fall over the edge. So here is this beautiful container with herbs and bedding plants, but I'll guarantee you nobody's going to know what that, what that fennel is. No, nobody grows it anymore. Wow. I will have to look into that because one of the things that I was thinking about, I'm, I, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and I may have spoken to you about this before, so I have this area in my yard that in my backyard kind of slopes, and there's an area that um, between, you know, from our yard and a neighbor's fence that's hard to get in and cut with a mower or do anything with. Yeah. So I was thinking about doing a border with maybe some rocks and maybe some potted plants and solar lights and stuff like that. And I was actually thinking about, okay, not just make it, uh, you know, just visually appealing, but also maybe incorporating some of the uh, edible uh, plants in there. So what you're saying, you know, really kind of gives me some ideas about uh, the types of plant uh, vegetables that I can kind of incorporate in this area. Um, because it does get, you know, a lot of sun, which is good. Yeah, so. If you Thank go, you. if you go to, if you go to, uh, Pinterest or even Google and mm-hmm. just type in, uh, edible landscaping, mm-hmm. it will give you just a slew of ideas of things that you can do, uh, putting vegetables in a planted landscape and, in my front yard when I'm out working and I've got fennel mm-hmm. out there, I've got amaranth, um uh what do, what do they call it in um oh um what do they call it in the islands? It's not amaranth, it's uh calaloo. Um, I've got calaloo, calaloo wow. out there and a bunch of other stuff and everybody well I've never what kind of what kind of bedding plant is that? Well, it's not a bedding plant. That's a vegetable. I had some left over from the vegetable garden. I had no place to put them, so I thought I'd put them in the garden. Um, I have artichokes in my front yard. No one's seen an artichoke before in a garden, but it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. So if you live in an HOA, you can fool the HOA people, too, because they don't know. They don't have a clue what you're trying to grow. <laughs> no, but you but mentioned you artichokes. For me, okay? I I didn't hear a thing, but you mentioned artichokes um, previously. We talked about that, and you say that when it comes to actually cooking them or or take, you know taking them apart to cook, you really don't mess with them, right? Because uh, they're a little it, it difficult. Takes, it takes a lot of work, yeah, and for work. So a lot of work for not much payback. Um, basically, mm-hmm. you you have to cut it in half. And then you take out what we call the choke, which is actually uh, part of the flower. You know, that artichoke is actually a large flower bud. Mm-hmm. So when you cut it in half lengthwise, uh, you're going to grab a spoon and you're going to take that choke out of there. And then you're going to trim all of the the petals, if you will, petal all those away. And then you cook that 
Well, what you get is about a, a piece of a quarter of the size of a small avocado. All that okay. work, and that's what you get. Wow. Uh, no, they don't have a whole heck of a lot of flavor, you know? So yeah. you have to decide. But um, the, the kind of um, artichoke Because I, I love spinach artichoke dip, you know, but I guess there's oh, probably yeah. more of yeah. other stuff in it than artichoke. Right, and I've, yeah. I've got some from Sam's in my refrigerator right now. Um, it's um, There is a, a, a form of artichoke that is kind of a blue-green color, and the leaves are furry. The rest of them are big and green, but this is kind of silver-looking, gray Mm -hmm. color with furry leaves. And when it, you know, we don't harvest them. We let them bloom so people can see that it's actually a large flower. It produces a flower, a beautiful, bright purple flower, uh, mm-hmm. From that bud, it's easily five inches across. It is magnificent, wow. and when it's when it's blooming in my front yard, everyone stops and looks at it. They want to know what it is. Uh, of course, <laughs> my garden, probably like your garden at home, all the plants are labeled, right? So, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to I try to label mine so people know what they are. Right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So I I had another question, too, about something you mentioned about the time that you spend out, you know, monitoring your garden, which in general is not a lot of time, 30, uh, you know, 35, 30 to 45 minutes, I think you mentioned. But if you are, if you have a job and are going to work, that might be difficult to do. You know, maybe you're a weekend gardener. Uh, well, or, or well, do you I'm, have suggestions on how to do, how to deal with that? You know, incorporating it into the schedule because I think that's why a lot of people may not try to tackle a garden. Yeah, um, you you would if you're talking about a vegetable garden, you can set that up in one after in one afternoon on a weekend, and then you spend what, 15 minutes every day out there watering your plants? Depending on how big it is, you might do it in five minutes. That four-by-four garden I talked about, you can water that whole thing in five minutes or less. And the and the outcome from that is all those fresh herbs that you can use. So um, once the garden is set up, it doesn't take much time at all. Setting it up may take a weekend, but it's well worth it, I think. Um, my wife and I will go out after dinner every night and um, just stroll, you know, take a peek in the greenhouse, see if to see what damage the squirrels have done and uh, see what else the squirrels have eaten and just oh, wow. kind of create a list, create a list for the next day of things I have to do. I would highly encourage everyone that could to retire as soon as they can. <laughs> I think everybody would agree it's, if they could. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know you hear these stories about how people retire and then they get lost and they're just they're down in the dumps and they're all depressed because they just don't have that that busy business. Let me tell you, 
It's the most wonderful thing in the world. And I've only been retired for six months. Uh, I've got many years ahead of me, but if the if the rest of it is like these uh, six months have been so far, I'm going to be in pretty good shape. I get to spend uh, an amazing amount of time with my wife, which I've never had an opportunity to do before because I'm always out working, uh, you know, for the city, representing the city, giving talks and traveling. But mm-hmm. now we get to spend the entire day together. And, you know, for um, I think I told you um, in um, December we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. And, you know, we never had full days off together before. And it's wonderful. So if there's any way you can do it, I would, oh, yeah. I would retire as soon as you possibly can. Okay, easier said than done. But yeah, I I agree with you. (laughs) If you can, you know, I think if you're trying to decide whether you want to get into gardening or not, you know, is it really Mm -hmm. something I want to do? Then I would, Mm -hmm. I would start off with that four by four garden. So you would go to the store and you would buy two two by six boards, eight feet long and have them cut them in half for you. And then you buy four blocks that have the little slits in the side and you just lay it anywhere. The great thing about raised beds is that you can put it right on your grass. You don't have to put cardboard down or you don't have to spray anything or do anything. It just, it doesn't come up. It Plants can't grow through dark soil. So, you can put it on the driveway, you put it on a sidewalk, a patio, just drop it on the place, fill it up, and you're there. It takes 15 minutes. And the other good thing, Gretchen, is if, let's, you know, not everybody uh, is going to enjoy gardening, all right? Right. You know, it's hot, it's sweaty, there's bugs out there. Um, you know, it, it, it may not be what you want to do. So, you know, mm-hmm. by buying uh, the the boards to to make a small garden, and then filling it up with some inexpensive potting soil, and then trying that, and if you don't like it, you're only out what a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you do it in the ground, it's even less than that because you don't have any money into it. You just spray it with Roundup, and then um, Turn everything over with the shovel and just plant the seeds. So you're really only out the seeds. So yeah, one of those really great. Mind. No, I, I pick up a package of seeds at Home Depot for a dollar forty-nine. I'm I'm looking at what, some. Look at some right brand? here. Two ninety-nine for purple carrots. You know? Does it make a difference what brand of seed you get? Not really. Okay. Some. Uh, some companies will put in more seeds than others, okay. uh, which makes me a little upset. You know, Burpee, which was the company I grew up with, um, mm-hmm. you know, they used to put 150, 200 seeds in a packet for $2. And now they're wow. charging $3, $3, and there may be 50 seeds in there. Wow. So wow, that's a mess. Um Maybe maybe fifty seeds is enough, and three dollars is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a 
uh, a company called Botanical Interest. Uh, they, they get a lot of nice seeds. And Burpee you can buy and Park Seed Company you can buy seeds. I have to say, I get most of my seeds for flowers and for um, vegetables and herbs from a place called Territorial Seeds. And is that online or is that local? It's online. Yeah, I buy okay. nearly all my seeds online. Oh, good yeah. to know. Okay. Yep. So Territorial Seeds is, is one of the better ones, I think. You can't go wrong. Okay. And Johnny's, Johnny's Select mm-hmm. Seeds. They're the, I think those are probably the top two. And they give you enough to plant. Uh, some of these seed companies, I would be embarrassed to send those out for the money they're asking. Do you ever <laughs> call them on it? Do you ever write them back or call them? Well, George Ball, who's the president of Burpee Seeds, he and I are good friends. We've known each other for 40 years probably. And I do mention it to him from time to time. But he, not necessarily in jest, but um, you know, it's one, one way um, to keep the prices down. Because let's face it, not everybody needs 50 seeds of broccoli. What do you, you know, a homeowner is only going to grow a dozen probably. So it's justified, I think. You keep the numbers okay. down, the seed numbers and the cost. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, because I was, I was, when you were mentioning the time, and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of concerned about that time factor, but I guess it's also just as good as going to the gym, which I do, is, is getting out there. And then actually doing some some work in the with you know with the ground with the plants and everything, uh, just keeping busy and, and keeping active is important. So uh, have to kind of learn how to incorporate that. And now, do you go before the sun comes up? Not generally. Okay. Um, several years ago, uh, one of the uh, caladium growers in Central Florida. Um, knew that I like caladium, so she sent six crates of caladium oh, wow. to my house, and I planted. I have two acres, so I can really spread those out. Right. But what I didn't, what I didn't fully comprehend. I knew that they took they they like water, but quite honestly, I didn't comprehend how much water. And you know, for those caladiums that I watered. Daily, they were magnificent, and those that I didn't water daily were very subpar. So, mm, okay. I uh, this is the sign you know you've got this whole gardening bug. I I have right across the street from my house. There's a big street light, and I'll go out there at four o'clock in the morning with my hose, in my jammies, mm-hmm. and, a, and a cup of coffee and water all of my caladiums. Oh, and wow. I do that and I I did that before everyone got up and knew that I was out there watering these things by hand. But unfortunately people know where I live and what and they expect really good things to come out of the garden. <laughs> and you know, oh, wow. I can't always I can't always keep up what they expect of me. So sometimes I 
I cheat a little and get up at four o'clock in the morning and water my plants before they before they're even out of bed. So, what classes are you teaching now? Okay, I teach uh, three different classes at mm. Valencia State College. Those are um, plant selections and vegetable gardening. We actually, the school, um, I don't teach the uh, the plant ID or the vegetable garden at Lou Gardens anymore. I teach everything on campus, and they're really glad that it's on campus because now they can put, they just built some raised beds for me. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, we we um, we just filled those up in class last Tuesday, and they're just growing to beat the band. So I teach Valencia class. I teach a couple classes at West Palm Beach um, online for that college. But I also try to teach six to seven classes every month at Lou Gardens. So I kind of sneak in the back door, get my class, and then sneak out again. You know, Gretchen, I don't want to be that old retired guy that's hanging around and getting everybody's way. Right, I understand. I've seen that happen before, and it's not pretty. So I kind of go in the back door. I give my I give my program, and I leave out the back door. And so I teach about um, oh probably six or seven of those every month. Uh, I just mm-hmm. taught a class on. Um, Raised bed gardening, rose growing simplified, and uh, good bug, bad bug. Um, all you have to do is go to uh, Eventbrite slash Lou Gardens online mm-hmm. and uh, go to their um, their um, events, and you'll see um, my classes listed there. Yep. Okay. Sounds pretty cool. Thank you so much, Robert. Appreciate it. You're quite welcome. You have a wonderful weekend, and and enjoy this weather. It's really, really nice. I'm I'm going right back out there. (laughs) Right back out there. Okay. Thanks Thanks for coming in and and taking a break. All right. Thanks for the break. I appreciate it. (laughs) Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right, Will, we thank Robert for joining us today. Um, Just want to mention a couple things. Please remember it is still um, Black History Month. Also, it's still Heart Month, so I hope you're uh, reassessing your uh, health plans and and trying to do what's best for your heart. Uh, One of the things I came across, and I've posted it on the G's Power Hour Facebook page, is um, there's a tour of black restaurants in Central Florida. Who knew? Well, I didn't, but... I found it. I posted it. So, you know, maybe, you know, this will be the weekend you kind of get a chance to go out and and do some touring of of some local black restaurants and savor the flavor of black history that way. Um, We do also have, uh, there's in Eustis over in Lake County, uh, a black history uh, festival going on this weekend. So, you know, if if you, you know, looking for something to do, there's that. There's some other stuff going on, and like I said, I don't know everything that's going on, but once once I find out about it, I want to share it. So um, I've posted on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. So um, if you have topics that you want to have addressed on the show, please um, go to the G's Power Hour Facebook page and hit me up and message me, or 
um, I'm going to give you an email address where you can um, email the information to me. It's called for the number four winning words at gmail.com. That's for winning words at gmail.com. Just uh, send me, uh, you know, one information. You know, you came across someone that you found fascinating and you think that person should be featured. We want to do that. If there's an event coming up that you think is going to be relevant to the community, you know, we want to hear about it. We want to talk about it. We want to share it. So if there's a, a particular item, you know, I, I like to try to, you know, look into health uh, issues because I think it's very important that we all keep up on, on our health and, and live our best lives. So if there's a particular uh, topic that we haven't addressed, you want to see addressed and we can get someone on to talk about it, uh, you know, uh, that's something else too. Uh, sports, that we're always, you know, happy to talk about sports. I'm not the aficionado, aficionado but um, Princess is, so uh, she can help me with that and we can get someone on to talk about that. Uh, business, especially small businesses, we want to hear what's going on in the small business world and how we can support our local small businesses, like my my husband reminded me, you know, we don't have to wait for 407 day here in Central Florida in order to support the small businesses. So, um, you know, make sure you do that too. And um, anything that you have that you find fascinating that we can, you know, just dig into more, uh, like I said, either the uh, G's Power Hour Facebook page or four winning words at gmail.com. That's the number four winning words at gmail.com. Anyway, I'm going to let you all go and start on your weekend. I know I want to. Thank you for listening. This has been G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Thanks, Princess. Come on, 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 come on,